0: Hey, I'm Erica Darvis. And I'm Amy Randolph. And you're listening to Podcast Rewind. The podcast about all of the podcasts that we just can't stop listening to.
1: Exactly. when you're done with the show, come join us on social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast RWD. Or be our friend on Facebook search podcast rewind and don't
0: forget you guys are the most important to us so come and rate review and subscribe on iTunes Stitcher now on Spotify or wherever you're listening to your
1: podcast exactly all right let's get on with the show Here we are, episode
0: 37 of Podcast Rewind. Welcome out there, everybody. I'm Amy Randolph, one of your co hosts. You can find me online at I'm Amy Randolph, uh, sitting here in the podcast nook
1: with me. Hey, everybody. This is the other half of Podcast Rewind. My name is Erica Jarvis. I might be playing Hurt Dog, but uh, <laughs> you guys can find me online at Erica Jarvis. It has been a long Monday, and oh I am.
0: Struggle bus? Like, I don't know what you are. want to call it. I'm driving the struggle bus. Ugh. I actually don't even know. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm running behind the struggle bus. I think I missed my stop. Yeah. <laughs> I <I'm> not <trying to laughs> ring that bell. I'd like to get off. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Woo! But we are sitting here to podcast. It's a Monday night show, which means that we weren't ready on Sunday. <laughs> then Monday came, like, a wrecking ball. Oh, my God. Smack Thank you, us Miley. both. So we need this podcast right now. We need to, you know... Hopefully it's
1: cathartic. Yeah. Look alive. I mean, you can't see (laughs) us. Thank God. It's not great. Uh, Um, You know what we'd be doing with or without this podcast? I think we do. We'd be
0: having a drink. cheers. It's drink of the week. I'm having a Michigan beer. Mm. You know, I'm so jealous of basically all of my friends that grew up in or around Michigan because they're all there on vacation right now, according to Facebook. Yes. Thank God for
1: Facebook. You wouldn't know to be so jealous of them.
0: Evidently, the weather's nice. I guess July in Michigan is pleasant. You would know. Unlike July in Florida. But I bring up Michigan because I'm drinking a Michigan beer. This is Founders, all day IPA. Founders is from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Love it. I love the brewery. I've been there in person. Um, I love the beer. And I, you know, like IPA is sort of like warm milk to me. (laughs) It just soothes my soul. puts me can, to sleep for yeah, sure. Yeah, 100 percent
1: like a warm milk. And you're drinking a session ale, so like yeah. that really does mean you can drink it all day long. Like, That's think why of like named a Miller Lite is like a session right. beer. This is just a better version of that. This is a more alcoholic version of something that you can sip on all day long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how is it like helping the brain? A couple of sips of beer in, do you feel a little bit more loose? I'm
0: loosening. Yeah. I'm loosening. I got I still have a few screws in too tight, so. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm definitely jealous of your beer over there. I'm just drinking, like, a cheap red wine, Pinot Noir, and it's... It's good for the heart. It's great for the heart. Um, it's not doing the job, but I need a couple more sips, well, and yeah, your I Your glass will, is full, so I know, and I'm yet. drinking out of a Drunkasode wine glass, too, Aww. that we got for Christmas. Thanks, Beth. Um, well, Amy, other than your beer that's putting you right... This is where we tell everybody what we're obsessed with this week. Yes. Uh, what is shaken for I, you? I uh,
0: binge watch something. Thankfully, it was only three episodes so far. A television show on ABC called The Last Defense. What's that? So it's sort of like um, a documentary series about people who are on death row and sort of like reopening their case Ooh. and questioning if they're innocent or not. You know, there's a lot of Innocence Project work yeah. kind of happening. And um, what was that other case? Uh, that guy on MTV had a show where he was kind of doing this Oh, same I remember thing. that. I that remember was his really name. cool. I don't remember. He had been accused of murder and was in Cash. jail for a while. The Innocence Project helped him yes. out. The Innocence Project also got involved in making a murderer for oh. a while. Um, I
1: think that Brendan Dassey is just about out. God bless him. No, I'm no? pretty sure they um, took down his appeal and like. Oh, shit. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, I
1: know. Justice for Brendan Dassey. Oh,
0: Brendan Dassey. But anyway, this show, The Last Defense on ABC, um, the first three episodes of what I've watched so far all covered one case. And now they're picking up with a second case Uh for the next few episodes. But it's the case of Darlie Dunn, who in the early 90s was accused of murdering her two sons in Mm. their living room. She claims an intruder came in. And so her boys wanted to do, they were like six and eight, maybe. Um, They wanted to, you know, sleep down in the living room, like camp out on the Uh living room floor. So she was like, fine. Her husband was upstairs in bed, and she slept on the couch to kind of supervise. It was 2 o'clock in the morning. Everybody was asleep. According to her, she woke up, and she had been stabbed, and there was a man in the room stabbing her sons. Oh. And she, you know, got up. The man left, and then... um, It's a small town and it was a pretty affluent community that she was in. But the police came and eventually they came, or pretty quickly actually, they came to the conclusion that she actually stabbed her sons and that her throat wound was superficial, that it was self inflicted. And she was like, Why would I murder my sons? And literally, she and her husband had no problems. It wasn't a money issue, she didn't have any psychosis. But the police never really found any other suspects, and it became a really nationally known case. I actually remember it from back in the 90s, and you might too when I tell you this part. The big thing that kind of made the whole country turn on her was a few days after the boys died, it happened to be one of their birthdays. Uh And so they threw this, like, gravesite birthday party, and she's on videotape throwing, um, squirting Silly Spring all over their graves and singing Happy Birthday. Mm -hmm. And it was, it's an odd look. And that footage went everywhere. I remember seeing it. If we pull it up on YouTube later, you'll remember. This blonde lady spring, Silly String on her son's graves and singing Happy Birthday. And they've got toys and cake and balloons and all the family there. It was definitely odd for sure. But, um... I'm convinced that she's fully innocent now, having uh-huh. watched of course the three episodes, you know, all of the evidence that wasn't taken into consideration. Um, they think that she was probably chloroformed by the intruder, and that's because a lot of people were saying yeah. a mother would wake up when her babies are screaming because they're being stabbed. Well, they think maybe the intruder chloroformed her, and uh-huh. so by the time she did wake up, you know, she had been... He thought that he fatally slashed her neck. Anyway, super interesting. I don't want to go too long on it, but it was gripping and so so sad that's tragic. so sad yeah and I mean her husband is still they unfortunately divorced a few years ago It totally. got to yeah. be too much yeah but he totally full believes in her innocence and well, will do whatever good. he can to help her oh man what a story I was super gripped by it that's
1: awesome yes what are you obsessed with this week um I mean gosh my obsessions are always like never as good as yours I feel like sometimes that no. I've <laughs> got to like Mush mine together. No, sometimes you have
0: something super motivational. I'm like, I have a new hair product. (laughs) Oh, that's so true. (laughs) So, like, we are both sometimes equally, you know.
1: Right. Okay. Well, so I forgot to bring it up last week, but I'm really excited that I spent some time and I got certified in this whole new project management style of work called Safe Agile. It's really, um, you have like a certification in project management. Um, and doing business stuff. I wanted to keep doing more and they offered up this class to me at work and it's really great in like the software realm and like project management is really so much about like building a house mm-hmm. and having that physical stuff. So I spent last weekend in and just doing a lot of studying and making sure I passed the test and this week I was like able to share with my coworker. I was like, oh I'm safe certified, I did it. So I was really um, meant to bring that up last week as an obsession but I will say in a tiny obsession world, I have been dogging my mother for the uh-huh. last, like, eight or nine weeks to watch Real Housewives of New York, and she's yes. been like, I'll get to it. Come so, on, Eileen. Right? So she wasn't feeling very well over the weekend, and I talked to my dad, and he was like, oh, don't call the house. Mom's not feeling very well. I go, oh, well, if she has some time then, <laughs> she could get on the Real Housewives of New York, and he's like, oh, I think she's still watching, like... All of those Hallmark Christmas movies she had deeply <laughs> hard over this holiday season, and I was like, "Well, tell her she gets the boy." Put down the remote, pick up Roni, and she and she did. She emailed me good today the same. She was just at the start of the Berserk Berserkers, and she what? has thoughts. And I was like, "Girl, just wait till Tinsley cries over her frozen eggs, oh, and then you may call me." But it God. feels good to be able to start talking about it with my mom again because I've just been Team Bethany for so long, and I know Ugh. she would side with me. Mm-hmm. So I need another Team Bethany person with me.
0: Well, big news by the way, Cute. in the Roni
1: realm today,
0: Luann not going to the reunion that no. is filming. Going back to, to rehab. rehab. Oh, she said yes. She said yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. yes. I'm going back to rehab. rehab. Yes,
1: yes, yes. Yes. Excited for her and her new sober journey. Bum for us. Bum for us. She would have been so great on the Roni reunion.
0: Yeah, because now we don't get to hear her, like, talk about her arrest on the reunion. I know. Unfair. But you know what? She, maybe, oh, fuck. Is she just playing to get another one of those Sag Harbor house specials with Andy Cohen? Bitch knows what she's doing. I see
1: through you. She got demoted to friend of and has worked Mm -hmm. her way back. She's almost in the center. Almost in the center of of the apple holding. It's so good. Oi. All right, should we talk about podcasts? We digress. Yes. Amy, what do you have for us this week?
0: Um, I have a new Betches Media podcast that I listen to, which is funny because I know you're going to do Betches Uh in a second as well. But look, we love you, Betches. Absolutely love Betches Um, Media. For sure. They've got a podcast, I think nine-ish or so episodes are out now. The title is Everyone's Gay. Well, great. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about it. So the hosts of the show are Chris Burns and Brian Russell-Smith. Shocker, they're gay men. Um, this week's episode was number nine, and it was titled, Should You Hit on Your Straight Friend? Featuring yeah. Yuha Hamasaki. I hope I'm what saying that Yuma right. What does Yuha have to say about that? Well, Yuha Hamasaki is a season 10 contestant on RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, okay. And uh, it's not a show I watch. Same. I've seen a few episodes, you know, when I've like been around other people who are watching it, yeah. but really don't follow it very much. Um, I know that it's a hugely popular show that keeps gaining more oh God, and more momentum. And one of the guys, one of the hosts said, you know, I don't really watch RuPaul. I only kind of picked it up this week or this uh, season. And Yuha was like, well, what do you watch? And he goes, well, I like Project Runway. And he goes, oh, okay, the other day show. He's like, that's fine. Very good. And he made a great point, though, not having watched the show, but kind of knowing about it. He goes, look, Drag Race is Project Runway, Dancing with the Stars, American Idol, and Survivor all rolled into one. And a little bit
1: of America's next top model. And a little bit of America's... I got choked up. I got (laughs) choked up over (laughs) Rue. Her body is still so amped from today. She's just, (laughs) like, can't.
0: Shutting down. Uh, Shutting down. So um, he talked about... what." it was like behind the scenes how he got on the show. Cool. You know how hard it is to work. I didn't realize that they had to make their own costumes oh, yeah. for every challenge. I thought it was like the Bachelor girls that they just had a dress or a sequin, oh. you know, a suitcase full of dresses. No, when they I think up.
1: that that's very much part of the drag community. Mm-hmm. Is you know building up your persona and you know your drag persona in there, what they look like, their yeah. makeup, the whole weave wig, whatever. Yeah. You know, I have a friend from college who's now oh,
0: a successful yeah. professional drag queen in New York and. Um, it, her costumes are outstanding. Uh-huh. I always wonder if she's, who she's, you know, hiring or if she's sewing them herself. But I mean, she's got, I mean, look, she has got to be spending coin. Yeah. Because these things are elaborate, plus the makeup and the hair and the waxing.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> um,
0: but anyway, everybody's, everyone's gay. You um, how is interesting to listen to? But then what I really liked is they take, um, co- listener emails yeah. and questions. And so one Um, younger gay wrote in um, that's where the title comes from should you hit on your straight friend Um, this kid wrote in they said they don't really know how old he is but he had a a .weu or um, edu so it's a college age -age student yeah email address so his question was you know I'm out as gay I have a lot of straight friends that I'm attracted to and I think some of them are bi-curious how should I go about you know approaching if they want to you know, make out with me yeah. or whatever. And the guys were like, ugh. All of us went through this when we were young. Uh, you know, we, like, we get it. You know, ultimately, probably not a good idea. You know, some people might be cool enough that you can mention it. And they're like, ah, I'm not into it. We're still friends. It's cool. Yeah. He was like, they were like, you don't know. But, but here's the part of the advice that I really thought you know, so poignant it could probably only come from a gay person uh-huh. is they said, look, you're out. You found that strength to come out and to embrace who you really are and live your true self yeah. out loud. Why spend your time with somebody who is unsure yep. or now you're going to have to go back in the closet about your relationship if, if they accept exactly. and they won't love you out loud. Like uh-huh. you would love that. Oh, I was so taken by yeah. that. And then they kind of had a conversation about how happy they are that, Um, Kind of the younger generation has this outlet of their Mm -hmm. podcast to get this type of um, advice from. Because a lot of people still don't, you know, really have that comfort level or maybe the support system. Yeah. So I highly recommend, even as a straight person, I very much enjoyed listening to the show. Everyone's Gay. I got it on Google Podcasts. Again, as part of Betches Media. So you could get it from their website. I'm
1: sure Stitcher and iTunes are keeping Yeah, of as course. All, I mean, well. I think that that's a great show to also tag on to the um, You're Making It Worse that I talked about last week mm-hmm. with those three gay guys who just didn't fit the quintessential, like, queer eye concept that is out there right. in pop culture. And that being gay looks so many different ways from drag queens to, you know, dad bods. Like, uh-huh. you don't have to be this twink kind of persona. And now the younger youth gets to see what it looks like on the full spectrum. Yep. So it's so great that Betch is added That to their podcast world, yes. And so so this week they also launched a brand new podcast over at Betches Media called Comments by Celebs, which is the Instagram handle that is taking over. And I know you're so excited because you have loved that Insta handle. Oh yeah, like from the beginning, right? Way before the podcast, I was standing that so hard. Yes. And um, now it has. So basically, the premise is two friends, Emma and Julie, started up this podcast. Sorry, started up the Instagram where they would take an Instagram from a celebrity and cut out another celebrity's comments on it and mush it into one post and repost it. And basically, you got to learn who's really funny, Uh who's really close in Hollywood. And, like, it's so funny to see, like, so many guys rip on Kevin Hart. You know (laughs) what I mean? And just, like, all of these great things and how funny Sarah and Aaron Foster are. Um, If you don't know them, they're David Foster's daughters. But, um, so they have just become so popular. They now have comments by celebs, like, Sports Edition. And then Comments <laughs> right. by Celebs, Bravo Edition. Ah, oh, i got to be following that. Oh, it's will be so, doing that after the show. so good. But so this week was their very first episode ever called The Kickoff Episode of Our Dreams, and their guest host was Kelly Ripa. Good Such a fucking get. great get. Um, because Kelly Ripa was one of the very first celebrities to follow them mm-hmm. and then has gotten all of her friends on board. Now, her friends, including Andy Cohen, Anderson Cooper, Damn, that is a stunning following. husband, Mark Consuelos, and to the point where the girls were even saying, like, um, so we kind of freaked out a little bit this week. Kelly, you talked about us on the show, and she Woo. was like, "Oh yeah, I do all the time." And they were just like, "That was so insane!" Because Army Hammer was on Live with Kelly, and the first thing she said to him when he sat down was, "Do you follow comments by celebs? They tag you all the time." I had no idea you were so funny. Wow! And he was like, "What? No, I had no idea." And so you just really got this, you know. Great conversation with the girls and Kelly because they've been DMing with Kelly. They've started to kind of become friends with her. Amazing. They had these – just a relaxed conversation. A lot of people feel, and I do not know why, that actually Kelly is running comments by celebs. And then it's like <laughs> – It's a conspiracy the theory. The conspiracy theory is that she did this so people would like her and see how funny she was and then start following her own Instagram. And she was like, guys – <laughs> I have a Monday to Friday talk show. Like, I She's wasn't looking to, to find more followers. If you don't know who I am, then that's on you. Um, and so there was, like, another conspiracy theory that John Mayer is somebody else there. But the girls were like, no, it, here we are. It's us. So only one episode in. I cannot wait. They just talked the entire time about other celebrities and what they chit-chat, like, on, you know, each other's Instagrams. It was really funny. And I have to say, Betches did such a great job of, like, knowing what we wanted. This is yes. a really yes. popular Instagram handle and found a way to continue the conversation with those girls and really just add on to their media portfolio, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I have to say those Betches girls are smart as fuck. They're killing it. So, okay, episode two, no matter what, is just going
0: to be a little,
1: ho <laughs> ho Because they don't
0: have Kelly Ripa. <laughs> I know. Yet. Unless I mean, get, how like, are they get like party B
1: or something. Right. Yeah, like, I don't know. How are going keep going up? Probably the fact that, you know, being under Betches, they, they can get celebrities. I didn't Beated really know such a big...
0: was that pervasive in, you know, that it had that much influence yet. Yeah, I'm so. happy for them. Look.
1: Here for it. Yeah. And also they're employing other young women too. Yes. And I great. think that that is such a great thing and that they're not intimidated by another woman's success. It's like, hey, get on in here. How can we make you even more successful? But yeah, we'll have to find out next week how episode two goes. But regardless, I still love the Instagram handle to death. Yes.
0: Um all righty shall I go Yes please Um I know I just talked about Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald a couple weeks ago or maybe it was last week no it was two ago Podnesia but right not, it gets lost it gets uh, a little muddy after 30 episodes people up in there Um no but I listened to another Juicy Scoop this week and it really did it was worthy of being mentioned again uh-huh. on the show um, first of all, Heather gave us, you know, her monologue thoughts as she does about Southern charm, the finale, yeah. which I so mean, good. so I good tried not
1: to make that my obsession this week,
0: the <laughs> girls night in fiasco with Billy Lee and sir, uh. um, whether James Kennedy is really fired or this is some ploy, what's going on? We hear he's fired. Mm. Um, but then she had about an hour long interview with Gretchen Bonaducci. Do you, in, do you recall who Gretchen
1: Bonaducci is? She was listen, on reality d- television for a that while. That name is pretty singular out there, so I'm going to guess that's David Bonaducci's ex.
0: <laughs> Danny? Danny. <laughs> Danny. You know, I was thinking of
1: David Cassidy, and I combined the two. Wow, ah, okay. Yes. All okay, right, fair. I'll give it to you.
0: Yes. Danny Bonaducci, child Maybe star. Maybe his David. We don't know. We don't know of the Partridge family. Um... Married Gretchen Bonaducci and they had a show on E!, I think, oh, for okay. a while, called Breaking Bonaducci. Oh, yeah. Um, it was a reality show. It's a terrifying looking person. They kind of, you know, when she talked about it, they said they did the show because the Osbournes had just taken off. Yeah. Newlyweds had just taken off. Everybody was trying to find that um, for their network, and... They so they did breaking Bonaducci to kind of like reinvigorate Danny's career, but it really took it in the in the toilet because they, they thought that they were gonna do this kind of like sweet family show like the Osbournes yes. and you see the other side of what his persona was. But nope, he just proved himself to be the uh drug addicted jackass yeah. that he is on um On, you know, everything else he did. So, she kind of tells you they were married for 18 years. Wow. They are now divorced since 2010. Uh Uh-huh. But, like, she had a rocky marriage with this one. She says that she knows she put up with too much. She so desperately wanted to keep her marriage together. That she stood for some shit. Let me tell you a little about it. So they, um, he met her and wanted to like be with her and marry her right away. And she said that she didn't have great self-esteem and she was like, oh my God, this celebrity is into me. He must be blind. I'm not that pretty. I'm not that thin. And Heather's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, what? It's how I feel. But they got married very quickly. And immediately she finds out that he's pretty much a liar. I guess at the time she had worked in a comedy club. Okay. And on, he would go out at night, not with her, and go to that comedy club and openly tell people at the club, oh, yeah, I'm married, but I cheat on her all the time. So the her coworkers heard this and reported it back to her. And he would just kind of, like, play it off. Okay. And, you know, so she was like, I don't know if he's lying to them for attention or lying to me. But she stayed with him. And, um you know he would relapse at one point she said she said she had to keep her eye on him all the time because he was so prone to running out of the house and cheating or relapsing that she said one morning she woke up early and like went downstairs lost track of him for a second he had woken up ran and like left the house and she didn't really realize he was missing until cops come knocking at the door and they said, ma'am, ma'am, a a man just raped a woman in the street and they saw him go into your house. And she's like, oh my God, come on in, come get him. So they go and they go into their bedroom and Danny is naked in bed. He had been clothed when she saw him last Uh and was trying to pretend to sleep. And they're like, that's the man. And they're dragging him out naked. And he's yelling like, no, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. So evidently in the morning he had gone out Mm -hmm. and basically tried to get a hooker because some woman got in his car. He was claiming he was giving this woman a ride to her. And she's like, no, no, none of this happened. But she stayed with him. And then I forgot. Sorry, I just have to stop you for a second. Like,
1: the way that you're like, <laughs> Sorry, <what>? ma'am. <laughs> and then you got to someone in the streets. He's in your house. I mean. Just actually back, told the story. With the backstory
0: is a little bit more than this. Well, the police don't know yet that this is Danny Monteducci, and then it's like, yeah. his house. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> Pull it together, Jarvis. Like a monkey, <laughs> like an like albino redheaded monkey, like running around <laughs> well, the street, like, you naked.
1: know, Monkeys in the wild just like pick up a chick and like fuck her and then keep on going. He <laughs> <Yes. laughs> like went to get the newspaper. I was like, I got a hug? Yeah. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm well, so punchy. She- <laughs> <laughs>
0: Girl, drink your wine. Drink your juice, Shelby. Um, do you remember this show? I forgot about it until today. The show called The Other Half, that was a, a bunch of dude schnozzles, all, like, <laughs> Mario Lopez, Danny oh, Bonaduce. yes. And they, like, sat and get, ga- it was, like, their version of The, the view. view. it
1: was so fucking horrible. So
0: fucking horrible. I wanted your opinion, I'd ask for a Danny Bonaduce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, he was definitely cheating with, like, women on the set, at that show, and she was like, could you be less obvious at the Christmas party? Oh, no. <laughs> like, could you not be talking to her, like, over my head, like, I'm not noticing? Was oh, is
1: it, like, that scene from, um... Uh, well, actually. <laughs> yes.
0: Okay. Well, yes, it is like that. Except he continues, like, this relationship with this PA girl. And unbeknownst to her for a while, he had moved her down the street from them into, like, an apartment. <laughs> then he actually left Gretchen for a hot second and went to, to be yeah. with that girl. And, like, a day later begged and cried Gretchen to take him back. I'm sorry. I don't mean any of it. Like, I don't want to be with her. I'm going to drop her. I'm going to come back to you. And so she took him back. And he had told her that he wrote this girl some, like, poem at one point about how he loves blue balloons and he always goes for the blue balloon. So this fucking bitch put blue balloons out on her balcony and left them out there, like, come back to me. You know you want the blue balloon. No. So Gretchen said she and her friend fucking climbed the balcony and cut those bitches. yes, (laughs) Gretchen. So anyway, eventually, um, so she, so they did the show, they did the first season and because he had like messed up so bad, they tried to do a second season Uh to, to make it better. And that's the, uh, on the second season, the iconic scene, if you remember anything about Breaking Bonaduce, you remember him like running away from the house. On a skateboard, no shirt, yes. going into a liquor store and then getting a pint of vodka and sitting on the curb and just downing it yes. and like the episode ends. So disgusting. So she was like, Well, we didn't try for a third season because his <laughs> career was really in the shitter at this point. Yeah, is so anyway. Eventually she left him. Um, he is remarried to I think one of the girls he was cheating on her with. Probably. And, um, she said she actually likes the new wife and she was like, my children were young enough when they got together that I actually made friends with her and I like her just fine and I know what she's going through. So. Yeah. So yeah, that was like, woof. oh my God, that's so funny. It was entertaining. Also kind of sad, but, yeah. um, it was a hell of a story. I'm really
1: sorry I laughed so hard. <laughs> You're so unprofessional. <laughs> Anyway, that was episode 251 of Juicy Scoop. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I am really excited to share with you that I found a brand new podcast this week that Uh I think I'm going to start sprinkling in. Okay. It is called Red Lips, Orange Car. Oh. Is it Sexy Times Podcast? Um, It depends. Okay. All right. So it is hosted by Marty Silva. He is an executive editor at IGN, and I think that is like a gaming network. Yeah. And then Alana Pierce, she is like a vlogger, um, YouTube kind of star, and does a lot of video games. hmm Like, big into, like, that um, world. This entire podcast is about Craigslist missed connections.
0: Yes. And so they say in
1: their very first episode that, um, like, a teaser trailer... Now, they wanted to call it Missed Connections, but there's another podcast out there already called that. Oh, yeah. And I think it's, like, British people just reading, like, American Missed Connections <laughs> on
0: Craigslist. Making fun of And us.
1: making fun of them. They're so, really making fun of us this right? week. Right? So if you Damn. don't know what a Missed Connection is, it is a part of Craigslist, which was like, an angel fire GeoCity website. Podcast. The interface is horrible. But you can go to your town, and there's this Missed Connection, and it's, like, male for male, male for female, female for female. Very much and like the classifieds, exactly. And people will say something like, "You were wearing a pink tank top in Publix. I was wearing, you know, a gray shirt. I thought we locked eyes over, you know, the raspberries. Let me know if you <laughs> felt the same thing. Stuff like that. Uh-huh. That people kind of paint a picture of. Here's the scenario, and then there's a way to contact them. And generally, people will say, like, "Write back and tell me what funny joke you told me that made me laugh, so I know it's really you." I don't know anybody that's done anything off of these or has either. been on it or anything like that. So um, they decided to name their podcast Red Lips Orange Car because that is like one of the funnier ones that they'd ever read. Okay. It was like, you had red lips, you were in an orange car. So that's <laughs> oh me. Right. So um, they will, they, have some, like a guest on sometimes with them and like everybody just comes in with their favorite ones that they read that week and they might say like, all right, let's pick Austin or like what city should we do this week? Okay. And then everybody kind of comes in and they will share what the misconnection was and then they just like destroy it. They have like yes. the best time talking about it. And then at the end, they decide to give them advice on, like, how to move forward to find your misconnection. And then they'll name the people because generally they don't use names. Mm-hmm. So be like, mm, I really think it was probably Pete by the Peaches in the grocery store. <laughs> like, yes. So it was so funny. So a few of the ones that I heard today that just had me cracking up was, my dog had diarrhea in Warby Parker and you held him while I cleaned it up. <laughs> <laughs> Another one was, you farted in Kroger yesterday, which is a grocery store. Totally fell in love with What was, you bought like 10,000 Brussels sprouts at Whole Foods? <laughs> was that you, Erica? Was that you? No, it wasn't me. Are you sure? I know, I like to buy them from Trader Joe's because they're cheaper. All right. I don't need organic. How shit? <laughs> <laughs> that does not bother me. I bring all the GMOs on. But um, <laughs> it's so funny. And then um, one that I was listening to earlier today, the one host, Marty, was like reading a misconnection, and they go, wait a second. <gasps> is this you? He was like, ladies, I wrote a misconnection once before. And so it's so funny. And you hear this great story about how like, he wrote this misconnection about seeing some girls at Seven Eleven in like the Bay area or something. And then never heard anything, but like a week later, this girl that he knew from high school who we kind of had a crush on back in the day emailed him was like, I like my girlfriends and I read misconnections. They're so funny. We read this one the other day and it just, this person is exactly like you. His writing was Stop so it. funny, and I wanted to forward it your way. And he was like, she forwarded me my misconnection. And he was like, uh, no, that was me. And she was like, holy shit. And then they ended up, like, reconnecting, uh-huh. meeting up, having some sexy times Yeah. For a yeah. Little bit. So they were like, wait a minute. You won. Like, you did a Ultimately. misconnection and still got a chick out of it. So, yeah. like, congrats. Um, but they've only got about ten episodes so far. I think um, they're doing seasons – Oh. And so they're going to take a couple weeks break, but you've got about ten episodes to catch up on. So funny, awesome, yes.
0: All right, All right. you need to get your shit together, get Ooh, some more wine. Yes. Let's take a little breaky doodle. All right, let's and see we'll how be back.
1: Day. Hey guys, we want to take a quick second and shout out to our Patreon subscribers. That's right. Let's start with our intro rewinder,
0: Sandy Randolph. Thanks, Mom.
1: <laughs> exactly. We also have a professional rewinder and that is April Valdez. Shout out to April and her crew at Salon Bon Tempo. You can find them on Instagram at Salon Bon Tempo. And if you live in Orlando, be sure to check out April. She's an amazing hairstylist. What they're doing over there is awesome. So, thanks ladies for listening.
0: We love April and Salon Bon Tempo and we would love to shout out you next week. So, come on over to Patreon.com for as little as a dollar an episode. So cheap! So cheap! What's a- a dollar you can join us you can be a rewinder and you will have exclusive access to our bonus episodes so over to patreon.com slash podcastrewind and rewind with us. Awesome. All right let's get back into the episode. Hello there and welcome back. So we've had our little break. Mm-hmm. We're breathing. And it's time <sighs> to do our recaps. So I'll hit it off. Please I listened to an episode of a podcast I've never heard of before uh-huh. and it was recommended to me by my new favorite app, Google Podcasts. <laughs> so, it's like, hey, so good. you like My Favorite Murder? You might like Real Crime Profile. Cool. So, I gave it a listen. It's episode 134 called A Presidential Murder. <sighs> and not presidential like the you're not hearing like the US president. Precedential as in it sets a the precedent, precedent or a precedent was set to lead to this murder. Got it. So the host who sounds fucking fascinating. Really? Her name is Laura Richards, and she is a criminal behaviour cr- criminal behavior analyst, formerly of New Scotland Yard. Ah. So like fancy British police. Yes. Um So, she was the host this week. It sounds like there are two other hosts and they kind of rotate or take turns. I think they go investigate their own stories. Uh Kind of the sense that I got. But I had to listen to more than one episode to be sure. That helps. But her uh, story today was about a woman named Sally Challen who killed her husband Richard Challen in 2010. So, I'm not going to tell you a mystery. I'm telling you the ending now. And evidently they covered this murder on an episode of the podcast prior but this entire podcast, she was hosting an interview with David Challen, their son. Oh, wow. Yes. So he is acknowledging that his mother killed his father. Um, she is currently serving an 18-year sentence for... Okay. uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, he believes that she should receive less. He believes that she should um, be her case. They are in appeal right now. Okay. And he believes that she should have an even further reduced sentence because of a um, form of abuse that she suffered for over 40 years at the hands of his father that he is calling coercive control. Okay. And in fact, the uh, UK government has now accepted, as of 2015, coercive control to be a factor that can be considered in defense cases. Oh, wow. Almost like killing for self-defense. Yeah. But not fully off the hook in that way, but it should be considered if you had a pattern of continued methodical abuse, yeah. um, especially in the extreme case that uh, Sally lived under, that it should be considered Got it. if you have broken and killed your husband. Yep. So when she did kill her husband, she she whacked him with a hammer on the back side of the head. I think the claw side, from what I listened oh. to. Um, uh, but then she immediately drove herself out to a cliff and was going to throw herself off. Oh. And um, cops stopped her. Um, but she uh, she fully admitted to it. And she was painted in the media as a crazy, jealous wife who you know caught the husband tweeting... At tweeting, cheating, probably the maybe, tweet, maybe um, and went off on him. And David says that's not what happened. Oh. He said, "Here's what's happened." He goes, "I actually did have a pretty happy childhood, but he always knew growing up that there was something just kind of off about his dad. Something he didn't really know how to put a finger on. But once he got older and he recognized more behavior, he realized his dad was kind of an asshole to his mom. So, for instance, his dad had gone and bought a Ferrari at one point. Was super proud of his Ferrari." but would go get topless models to pose on the Ferrari and he would take photos and then make little postcards of naked women in his Ferrari and send them out to his friends and family and show them publicly. So it was embarrassing Jesus. for the wife. It's just, it's gross. It's embarrassing. He fat shamed her, his wife publicly, like friend of friends. And David says he remembers, you know, younger, his father saying mean things about his mother in public and, you know it would just be crushing to her and um he was very financially controlling um of the family and he would rip on her parenting in front of the children um but he says she loved him she mm. he was like heir to her she was so in love with him and he must have been with her as well but just made life very difficult he sounds yeah. obviously very narcissistic and uh-huh. he had some of his own issues um, but, you know, after the, the fact of the murder, David says that, you know, he and his mother got to have a lot more conversations where she opened up more about what the relationship had always been like. I mean, it sounds pretty horrific. She met him when she was 16. Now, her father had passed away early. And so she didn't really have much of a male, um, oh, you know, father yeah. figure or role model, I should say. So she was 16 and Richard was 21 when they met. Okay. And they immediately got into a relationship and she killed him at 56. So 40 years. So he would have been 61. Um, she said to her son that early in the relationship, before they were even married, she had caught her Richard cheating and you know confronted him about it and he threatened her that if she bothers about it or continues to ask about what he's doing, he will pick the mistress over her. So if you don't like it, just either uh, leave or shut your mouth about it because I will pick yeah, her and yeah. he threatened her. I, I will leave you if you have a problem.
1: Yeah. Right. So she mm.
0: obviously had some self-esteem issues and she's been beaten down by him now. Yeah. And you know, this whole talk, and I'll get into more of it later of well, why did she leave? Yeah. Well, she's controlled and she doesn't know that she can be anything without him because he told her she can't. Yeah. So and, you know, it goes on and he starts gaslighting her, making her feel like she doesn't understand. She caught him leaving a brothel at Ugh. one point, and he so adamantly denied it that she did that thing of, am I crazy? Did I see that? Yeah. You know, he was able to coercively control her He's like a all of, Bravo. of these years. Here's where it's, this is so sad to me. Um, at one point, he actually does leave her, uh-huh. and she uh, she's trying to move on, but this is where he said that, she, you know, she couldn't breathe without him. And, um, eventually the two of them started talking again and he says, okay, I'll come back to the relationship, but you have to agree to a post nuptial agreement. And the terms are, you are no longer allowed to talk to strangers. You have to quit smoking and you have to give up interrupting me while while I'm speaking. Just this list of demands on her behavior (laughs) in order for him to come back that she agreed to and signed. So it, she clearly suffered a lot of mental abuse. Yeah. She was completely broken down. I'm not sure what exactly happened in 2010 that made her flip Snap. that switch, but she snapped and she killed him. And um you know, now I said they've gone on to define this term coercive control and bring it into the court system and it's David's kind of mission in life right oh, now God. to see his mother's case retried with this as Um, And and extra defense for her and the challenges that he's coming up on, you know, kind of getting support for that. Yeah. Because still in the news when his mother's name comes up, a lot of guys are like, oh, that that crazy one that, you know, hit her husband with the hammer. And he's heard, you know, jokes by men like, oh, don't tell your wife the toast is burnt. She'll get you with the backside of a hammer. And, you know, how he's coming up having a hard time getting other people, particularly other men, to be sympathetic to the coercive control defense yeah. strategy, and that he is, you know, very much leading the charge of challenging other men to take it more seriously. Yes, and to continue to get the fight out there about it. Um, I remember you and I talked, and I think maybe on the podcast, but maybe it was just in our in our personal life about how I kind of get the feeling that a lot of Europe is still of maybe more a conservative. Gender role, um, way, yeah, then I mean, look, America has a long way to America. go, you know, we're not there yet. But that, you know, Europe is even a little bit more conservative, maybe, yeah. and, and hanging on to the traditional gender roles a little bit
1: more. So he may be facing more resistance well, I mean, for I his plight. I think we're also seeing so many men behaving that way, especially, and I hate to say it, on Bravo. I Mm, mean, when Jack repeatedly cheated on Britney, there was actual evidence, and he still denied denied it. Or twisted facts. Twisted it around, and then would say things like, well, you're fat, and you don't make me sandwiches when I want them. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. that constant twist. Um, You made me do it. Austin from Southern Charm the other day got busted having two chicks sleeping in his bed. And he's got a girlfriend? The girlfriend busted him, and there was video of it. And you hear him just saying, like, you're crazy. Why are you so crazy? Uh, Because you're making her behave in a way that is not rational because you're gaslighting her and treating her terribly. And there is an amazing epidemic of these men behaving that way. And I do think Bravo is playing a lot of it out on TV. Thankfully, I think most of the audience is pointing the finger at those people. Yeah. But we're not not watching the show. We're not not watching it. We're not demanding that Bravo take them off. Right.
0: Yeah, so this is kind of David Challen's kind of plight, is to get support behind this idea and even challenge people, not just men, but yeah. people in general, to kind of think about how they're treating their loved ones. And, you know, if you're being emotionally manipulative, like, if you don't do this, I'll cry, That's the worst of control. Yeah, for sure. You know, can women can do it just as well. So, uh, I don't know, I was, I don't have much more to say about the podcast generally, but um, I, I thought the story was interesting and I don't know, I guess all my podcasts this week are about, uh, bad husbands. Oh yeah. I guess. And gay. And gay. And So anyway, that is Real Crime Profile. I think this is also one for me that I'm going to keep sprinkling in and listening to. This host, Laura Richards, she's a gem. I dig her cool. hard.
1: Yay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, and remember a couple months ago when I completely blew your mind about air conditioning? Yes. (laughs) Yes, yes. So I'm going back to 99% invisible. So it's kind of really all of like the stories about the things in our lives that you just take for granted. Air conditioning being one of them, not us. Ours went out a couple weeks ago, and I've never been so thankful to hear it click on every couple of hours. So I just listened to episode 314, mm-hmm. and I might nerd out a little hard because it's really all about typography and symbols and fonts and things like that. So it's this called Interrobang. Okay. So um, here's a fun fact. Back in the day when people were writing, they didn't put spaces between the letters and their words. So, sentences were just one long... Everything was a hashtag. Everything basically was a hashtag. To the point where, like, if you read from left to right and you write from left to right, well, to keep the words going, you would kind of do what's called an ox turn, and you go down to the next Um, line, and you go from right to left, and you you write everything backwards. And then, like, so every other line is almost backwards... How do people read anything? They kind of had to guess. You get, yeah. So, um, in the third century BC, a librarian, Aristophanes, suggested what if we, we know how to draw dots. What if we put dots after words? Can we then do this? Maybe. So, um, they created three dots. One dot at the um, bottom of the line was to represent like a really long pause, uh-huh. a dot in the middle was to represent a short pause, and a dot at the top was the longest pause, like a full stop. So, basically, what he created was a period a comma, and a colon. Okay. So um, that was in third century BC. Like, it's so crazy. Yes. Um, well, then when it comes to all of this um, punctuation, especially the ones at the end, are called end marks. And so medieval scribes invented the exclamation point to give that, like, I'm sus- excited about this. The element of surprise and excitement. And then in the eighth century, an English scholar invented the question mark. And those, to the period, the exclamation point, and the question mark. Those are the three things you use at the end of a sentence. Sure. And so as the host was saying, an end mark is an elite club that is very difficult to get <laughs> into. <laughs> and that's why we haven't had any new real punctuation we since, all the problems. you know, like the 8th century. Like we were good. But then in 1960s, Martin Spector its kind of like an ad man in New York City and like kind of the best. Very Don Draper, that kind of ad man world in the 60s. And he was a huge typography nut. And um, in the spring of like 1962, it was the golden age, they say, of advertisement. And he kind of was realizing that advertisements did best that either had like a question, like how many licks does it take to get to the center of his tootsie roll? Or, you know, had like an exclamation. But he just felt like there was way to do better. Mm-hmm. And so he knew that oftentimes people to create um, like an excited question like, can you hear me now, mm-hmm. would be to put a question mark and an exclamation point side by side. But he thought right. we could do better. And so then in March and April, March, April of 1962, he published an article in a magazine called Type Talks that he was the editor of, and he proposed the very first new end mark in over 300 years, the interrobang. Okay. So, the interrobang is what happens when you take a question mark and an exclamation point and basically lay them on top of each other. They share the same dot at the bottom, uh-huh. but you've got this funky little symbol. So, he was saying, let's have one type. So, if you're not doing two different things. So, for example, like, "Was up from those <laughs> commercials back in the day would be the perfect example of an interrobang. And so... Intera meaning like interrogate, that's the question part. Oh!
0: Yes, and
1: bang is actually what proofreaders say when they read an a exclamation point. Oh. So a proofreader going through something would say, you know, blah, 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 bang at the end of a sentence because oh. they wouldn't say exclamation point. Okay, Takes too long. Too long. So he um, proposed that they call it intera bang.
0: Wow. Which is so
1: cool. I love that. But, um, and his, um, he's since passed, but his wife was on the show, and she was just telling stories about how, mm-hmm. like, he came up with this one night over dinner, like, out in the city and just was, like, on the back of a napkin, just kind of coming up with ideas. And so she said that her favorite use of an interrobang, because it's not a question and it's not, like, an exclamation is, who forgot to put gas in the car? <laughs> like, you just <laughs> say those kinds of things, but you're not really looking for an answer so, yes. what is the actual Because I just use a question mark and an, an exclamation
0: point, which I know is not proper English, but we all do it all the time. Yeah. So, there's an actual symbol. I, would I recognize it anywhere?
1: No. And that's because um, you just don't see it often. It's hard to invent punctuation yeah. because you got to put it on the keyboard. Mm-hmm. And so, that's kind of the biggest crux that he was facing when inventing the Interabank. Because they had typewriters back then. They had typewriters back then. So, in the late 60s, a typewriter company invented a key. That you could put on your keyboard or your typewriter board, but you had to buy it and it was an add-on. And then you kind of had to have an extension onto your keyboard. Wow. And they didn't always create keyboards that had that or typewriters that had that. And so the real mark of punctuation is actually unremarkable. The thought is that, you know, you use a question mark without thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Use a period without thinking about it. It kind of has to be like a banal reason. Like you're just is ingrained in your grammar and that's what you do. And the interabang wasn't easily ingrained because people were comfortable doing a question mark and an exclamation point side Uh by side. Uh Correct, it's not perfect grammar, but what are you going to do? And so um, that was kind of like the big issue that they were sharing is that it's really hard to code that. It's The keyboard, you know, we're looking at one right now. It's pretty good as is. Like, where are you going to put it? And um, they just were having a really hard time. Like, the dictionary agrees that it's a punctuation, but it's fine to not use it. You can find it in the symbols if you go oh, in yeah? there. Okay. Or there are some fonts that have it. It's um, embedded in code. You could put it in websites, but they just never really had the ability to make it stick. Huh. However, there's another symbol that stuck, and it does not do what it was intended to do. Okay. Okay. So in 2007, Chris Messina was on his way to an event called Bar Camp. It's kind of like a nerdy event that um, – He was going to the city with his friends, and he was like, hey, guys, what if, like, when we're tweeting about this, we just found a way to group all of our tweets together? Like, what if we put, like, a pound sign and then wrote, bar camp? And so Chris is the inventor of the hashtag. Does he have money off of that? I don't know. I hope (laughs) he does, because Mother would be fucking Scrooge McDuck swimming in a pool. Right. So the thing is, and when we say hashtag, we mean number sign, pound sign, whatever you want to call it. You know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's actually a really, um, not important, but it's really. Revolutionary. It's revolutionary. But the hashtag, uh, pound sign we'll say, yes. is um, really used in a lot of internet stuff. So yeah. I'm on a um, a website called Slack. And so that um, pound sign is like actually their symbol for Slack. And it is how you delineate conversations as well as channels. So I can go into five different conversations or different channels and do like, you know, pound status update, and I'm all of a sudden in that group and in that channel talking with everybody. So, Like a a, distribution list. Like a distribution list. look does that too. Yeah, exactly. And so it's just a way to group everything together. And so when he was suggesting to his friends, like, what if we do this symbol? They were like, dude, we use it everywhere else. Like, we don't want to do that. Like, no. And so he had a really hard time getting people on board with it. So um, when it did start, when he brought it to Twitter, and Twitter was like, no, we don't want that. Like, we really don't want to group everything together. Like, we're fine as it is. But he kept using it, and somebody on the internet called it a hashtag. Because hash is the British word for what that symbol is. Uh And tag as in categorizing everything together. So that's the true definition of hashtag. Okay. So, but then he was like, you know, Twitter was really not buying the hashtag. But, you know, it was 2007, 2008, Uh and there were huge fires going on in San Diego. And this one guy in San Diego was giving people Twitter updates, but people were having a really hard time finding his Twitter updates. Cause he would say like San Diego fire and then like colon, here's all the information. And he was like, Hey buddy, do San Francisco fire or San Diego fire all one word and put a pound sign in front of it. And immediately everybody was able to like start searching that out but it didn't become a search option yet. that would be do okay. it today, or right. they were able to start grouping but things if you look together. If you search for that thing exactly. Like if I'm if on, it on the internet on any page, you can do Control F and find yes. everything that follows like that. Uh-huh. So people were really interested in this grouping because it was helping them learn about the fires going on around them. Right. So then, um, they're talking to another guy called uh, named Andy Lorick and he was like, "I was at Twitter at the time. We did not want this." But we had to make it happen because the users were telling us, hey, this pound hashtag is really important. And he was like, it took one line of code and 15 seconds of my day <gasps> to make it happen to the point where now you can click on a hashtag and get all of them. You can search by hashtags. You get the trending hashtags. He's like, "The it's ridiculous how quickly it took me to make that happen. But we didn't want that. That's not what we wanted for Twitter. And now it is... We live in a and, hashtag world. And that's exactly what they said. It is a completely a social movement. I mean, and they played a lot of the clips from The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon and Justin Timberlake when they're like, hey, Jimmy, like, hashtag, you know, relatable, hashtag, you know, <laughs> whatever. We're so hashtag we relatable. are so hashtag relatable. But so that's where we are with that symbol, but it's not what it was intended for. Yeah, I mean, everyone knew
0: that. Have you seen like dumb girl tweets? Um, online that'll be like oh, I just found like a flip phone from uh-huh. the early 2000s and it's got a hashtag, hashtag on it. it so stupid like twitter wasn't even invented, invented.
1: yet. Exactly. Like, oh you're hurting me. You're right. hurting me. Well in fact they use that symbol the pound sign or whatever the number sign you want to call it um in chess so when they're taking score that means somebody did a checkmate.
0: Mm-hmm. Um
1: in proofreading if you use a hashtag It means out of space in this sentence. Mm -hmm. And on Swedish maps, it stands for a lumberyard in the area. So So people use this symbol for tons of different things. And you play tic tac toe with it. Exactly. That's what they were saying. Um, And in fact, in ancient Rome, this is how far back it goes to. Hashtag history. Hashtag history. um, Libra pondo means pound and weight. Mm -hmm. And so people started to. Say either like Libra meaning pounds and weight, and then that Libra word became lb, Uh-huh. and so then uh-huh. they put uh, to write it out. They would write lb with a line over top of it, and people started writing so fast that it started scribbling, and somehow they created this tic tac toe board that we see today. And in fact, it is why that the English pound is an l symbol. Uh huh. Yeah. And so we have the dollar symbol; they have the l, and it means pound. And LBs obviously stand for pounds. So, yes. I mean, that's like how all of this originated. Yeah. I know. And so, like, somehow carelessly it was created this, you know, pound symbol that we see today. And to even blow your mind a little bit more, mm-hmm. in 1963, the touch tone f- telephone was invented. Yes. So, we've got 10 digits so we've got to get on this you know little keyboard and so uh, I think it was like you know Bell or whomever it was back in the day was trying to figure out like how do we take these 10 numbers that used to be on a circle uh-huh. and make put them on a pad so they're like two rows of five like what uh-huh. do we do so they figured out like a three by three grid and then they're like zero can just be by itself and so then in 1968 they were like you know what what if we want to do more one day we need to add two more keys on this pad because they were starting to realize this difference with the touchtone phone versus the rotary dial is that once you've made a phone call, you can still dial more with uh-huh. the touchstone You can't with the rotary phone. Sure. So um, Bell Labs was like, you know what? Let's add more symbols to the phone. What about a diamond and a five-point star? And Doug Kerr, at the time, who was working there, was like, no. That's stupid. New and thanks. he was like, here's the thing. People are going to be able to start using their telephone to call in to computers. Hotlines, And that computer has to read specific code from the telephone, and diamonds and five-point stars are not in a computer world. What do you think about an asterisk and this hashtag found thing over here? Because that's what computers know. And they were just like, no, we don't really want to do it. Then they finally got them to settle on it because he was like, listen, an asterisk kind of looks like a star. A star, yeah. Sure, that diamond has sides, and what about this, you know? Pound symbol over here, which didn't really have a name for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So somebody back in the day named it an octothorpe. Okay, yeah, got eight legs. Sure, <laughs> exactly. Right. So uh, the octo being for the eight lines that you see sticking out of the sides, and thorpe because they were trying to come up with a word that sounded fancy. <laughs> <laughs> so octothorpe really means nothing other than that actual symbol. And so then the reason that um, Chris was explaining, or you start to realize and understand that Chris decided to use the pound sign on Twitter is because back in the day you could tweet from an SMS phone. You weren't yes. necessarily on a Blackberry yet. Yes. <coughs> Excuse me. And so he had a choice that the, those, you know, touchpad um, telephones had to speak to a computer and know that coding and in that language. And he either had to use an asterisk or a pound sign. And he was like, this is all I have. Hashtag. Hashtag has been invented.
0: Hashtag mind Below
1: right, I mean, we use it every day, we know how to use it, yeah, we know why we use it. Hashtag it's about podcast, hashtag be kind, rewind. Hashtag. Um, and you know, we use them in our everyday, and nobody knows how and why we do. But as the host said at the end of this, he's like, if I say hashtag bar camp one more time, <laughs> yeah, it does get, get mealy in it your does mouth. A mealy in in the mouth, but yeah, yeah, so I am happy to. Be a wealth of podcast knowledge Thank and it you. Was typography. So, I yes, loved it. I'm so happy. For so, you. so, so good. But yeah, 99% invisible.
0: Thank you for that. <coughs> and
1: holding in some coughs tonight. Yes, you have. Good. Let's get you a lozenge. Maybe a lozenge, a tea, a, tea, the a wine. No, I mean, tea, a you, water. You wine. What else can I get in my life? I've got the Monday Scaries. I have an early meeting tomorrow. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 I am happy to. I don't know. All right. Well, let's wrap this up then and move on with our busy, busy lives. Yes. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back next week with another episode, episode 38. We'll be, maybe be timely next week. We'll do our very <laughs> we'll best. We'll
0: do our best. But what we will always do, and we hope that you do too, is be, be kind and, and rewind. rewind.
1: Hashtag bye. <laughs>